Okay, everybody, welcome in to another weekly edition of the Figure It Out podcast with me, Chandler Collins. The boys are back to talk football. We're going over the AFC South today per sources. Um, Should be a very interesting podcast. Um, The AFC South, Indianapolis Colts, Jacksonville Jaguars, Houston Texans, and the Tennessee Titans. Um, Another division that is... Uh, I'd say loosely related, not as related as the AFC East of the Chiefs, but there are some teams in here that have been thorns in the Kansas City Chiefs side as a franchise's history um, and teams that we more than likely will see in the playoffs. Really curious to hear what Blaine and Johnny have to say about that, but they're here with me tonight. Before we get into the pod, let's always get how they're doing. Johnny, we'll start with you. Johnny Rowe, how are we feeling today? How's everything on a hot, hot week? Here in the Midwest, it is hot outside and football is right around the corner. Johnny, how are you, buddy? Football is right around the corner and it's super exciting. I'm doing well, Chandler. It's good to be with you and Blaine again on the Figure It Out podcast. Always looking forward to this every single week. seems like we're really flying through these episodes. I mean, we only have, you know, excluding today, we only have two more divisions to cover uh, today with the AFC South. I think this is the weakest division in the AFC, but the AFC is stacked. Um, so uh, there's still a couple good teams to talk about in here. And uh, yeah, it's hot outside, but look, it's almost training camp time. What to be happy for? Blaine I kind of like this division. When I'm looking at it, like <laughs> it's a little excited. They're bad, but it's uh, it's one that we know pretty well just from playing against them a lot. And we're going to play against them this year again too. So some good info we'll have for Chiefs fans as well as everybody across the country if you're listening in. And I love talking AFC. So anytime we get the chance, let's do it. Yeah, I like what Johnny said. It probably is the weakest division in the AFC, but two teams in here specifically could could make really good runs in the playoffs and have good seasons. And I really think uh, three teams in this division could have very good seasons given where their franchise is at. I think we know one is kind of more so in the basement, hopefully trying to turn the corner. Um, but let's uh, let's just go ahead and get into it, I guess. Starting off, I've actually we I started this trend with the AFC East, so I'll keep it going here to do the AFC conference start out with a fun fact more of a trivia question this evening last team in the AFC South to win the Super Bowl who was it I know Jacksonville's never won one well it's just gotta be the Colts Indy yeah it's gotta be Indy Indy. yeah 2006 Peyton Manning and the Colts took down the Bears sorry Turner to bring that up on the pod but I uh, thought that was a pretty oh. uh, relevant fun fact. Johnny? That's the Devin Hester opening kickoff game, right? It is. Okay, yeah. Yes, it I, is. I, I thought you were trying to trick us or something because I was like, surely I didn't miss when the Jaguars won the Super Bowl. So, yeah, okay, nice. Go into it. You know, if anything, I was trying to trick you because it was, pre- it was like pretty easy just given that – because that Super Bowl was a sick one. Somehow that still sticks out in my head. I don't know why. But, uh, yeah, let's go ahead and get into it. We'll start with Indy, actually. Indy and foremost, excuse me. Shout out to my teammate, Eric the Creature Johnson, drafted by the Colts in the fourth round of this year's NFL draft. Um, really proud of him. I think he signed like a $4 million contract. I remember him coming in the first day. Uh, to him being in the NFL now, I would never have guessed that, but that just goes to show you what uh, determination and hard work can do. So shout out to the Missouri State Bears. Shout out to Eric Johnson. Cannot wait to watch him play this year. Looking at their roster, I think he's going to get some decent time. I think he's going to be a rotational player. Um, you know, I mean, they drafted him in the fourth round, so they have high expectations for him, for sure. 
I love Frank Reich. Um, I don't know if anybody, I don't know if either of you guys or anybody out there watched the in-season training camp with the Colts, made me appreciate him 10 times more. Um, what a grind of an NFL career he had, and then a grind to become the head coach of the Indianapolis Colts. I believe, now this is complete conjecture, I did not, I did not actually look this up, but I think he's from the Andy Reid tree. Um, so you know that he's a great, genuine uh, guy who really knows football. Uh, first year, um, Matt Ryan under center. Meh, in my opinion. Um, Matt Ryan is a good quarterback, has had a good NFL career, but he's on the extreme downhill slide of his career. Um, he has decent weapons around him. I don't necessarily love the receiving core. Michael Pittman Jr. is good. Um, but it's kind of bleak after that. They signed Kiki Kuti, relevant because he played with Patrick Mahomes at Texas Tech. But I, I don't see much there. They are a run-first football team, and it makes sense when you have a dynamic running back like uh, Jonathan Taylor and perhaps the best offensive line in the AFC, um, if not the NFL, and if not the best, they're a top-five uh, offensive line for sure. Um their defense, though, is stacked. Uh, Kenny Moore, uh, an, a legit lockdown slot corner, um, played great for the Colts last year. They bring in Stephon Gilmore, all-pro corner himself. Um, what a better guy to learn from for Kenny Moore, a young guy than a, a seasoned veteran like him, uh, him being Stephon Gilmore. Darius Leonard, Bobby Okereke, DeForest Buckner. The Colts are loaded on the defensive side of the football. And if, if we know anything being Chiefs fans, uh, it's one up front. Chief, or the Colts have a phenomenal defensive line. Um, I look for the Colts to only get better. Um, you know, they missed the playoffs last year. Uh, they had two blunders at the end of the year to get into the playoffs. This team is a playoff team right now. And Depending on how good the Titans are going to be, and we'll talk about them in a minute, I think this. I think the Colts can win this division. Blaine, I'll start with you. Take us through the Colts. What do you think? What do you see? Yeah, I think they can win the division too. I'm. Um, I I just don't know if Matt Ryan is going to be better than Carson Wentz was, and they didn't win. They didn't get into the playoffs when they should have last year with a, a really good Colts team of what I thought last year. I was high on them week in, week out in the in the figure it out pod. And something about me, like Frank Wright's got to got to figure it out this year and, and put together the, a playoff team with what he has on this roster, or else maybe he's not as good as what we're saying here. Because I like the guy a lot too, but they haven't won in Jacksonville since 2014. How do you do that and and be good in the division? You got to go to Jacksonville and win. And then something I wanted to note uh, with this team is Matt Pryor left tackle. Has got to you got to come in and, and play, and then you lose your right guard. And Danny Pinter's a guy that's got to prove it. So you got two prove it guys on a really good offensive line from last year that you now uh, figure out with, is Jonathan Taylor going to be able to do what he can do and and Matt, make Matt Ryan comfortable. But I mean, Matt Ryan's a play action guy. Um, this offense is going to be good with Jonathan Taylor. It's uh, I, I know Johnny has some words to say about Alec Pierce, but we'll kind of go down that line too with with Mo Ali Cox. Yeah, uh, real quick before Johnny goes here, Jonathan Taylor, early prediction, how many yards did he get on the ground? I mean, this guy this guy could be a 2K rusher, I think, in my opinion. I don't know if he'll get there this year, just given defenses are going to know what they're going up against uh, more than they did last year, but you never know. 
I mean, yeah, I, I don't know what the number is. Uh, he had 1,811 yards on the ground last year um, and played in all 17 games, averaged five and a half per carry, 106 and a half per game. I mean, those are just amazing stats. It just goes to show you how unbelievable it is when these guys did rush for 2,000 yards in a season or whenever that did happen in one less game, too. Yeah. So uh, it just – yeah, I, I guys, I think he's going to have – it if he's healthy, have a similar season to last year. Um, I think maybe that's biased because I had him in fantasy, like across all of my leagues. I just I, – I usually get everything wrong in fantasy football, but that was one thing I got right, and I think Jonathan Taylor is just an awesome player. It even is worse for me to, to, to deal with because the Chiefs took Clyde Edwards-Alaire over Jonathan Taylor, um, and – Man, what a, how great would it be to have him running behind guys like like the Chiefs' offensive line? That would right. that would that would that would be sick. Okay, but anyways, Jonathan Taylor, like I said, had one thousand eight hundred and eleven yards on the ground last year. That led the league in rushing by over five hundred yards. Nick Chubb only had about you know twelve hundred and change, which is still a great season. He was in second place. So, like th- this whole thing. Yeah, you know, I think Matt Ryan's a bit of an upgrade over Carson Wentz. I think the the style that Matt Ryan plays, though, is not conducive to the NFL game these days. It's too stationary. He's too slow. Uh, I think his arm, I tell Lucas this all the time, uh, Lucas Gant, that uh, Falcons fan, that he has a noodle arm, and he's had a noodle arm for years. I do think, though, like cerebrally and experience and I still think playing ability that he is a marginal upgrade over Carson Wentz. Um, But anyways, it still goes through uh, Jonathan Taylor. I am curious to see what you're going to get with Matt Ryan um, at quarterback, what you're going to get out of Michael Pittman. I think he's got some, some, some dynamic traits. He certainly has the size. He can win at the catch point, but it's just been kind of inconsistent with him. So I'm looking for him to take a step this year with, with Matt Ryan. and, And as Blaine alluded to, um, I'm super high on this kid, Alec Pierce, uh, second round pick, 53rd overall out of Cincinnati. Um, interesting little run in the draft there, if you guys remember, pick 52. So the pick before Pierce was George Pickens to Pittsburgh. Pick 54 after Pierce was Sky Moore to Kansas City. So three guys who I think over the course of their careers will be lumped together, you know, like oh, he only went one pick after these two guys. Should they have wait- taken him? You know, it'll be an interesting uh, career to follow for all three of them. No, is he, no, Pierce is not the most dynamic, quick twitch athlete, but I think he's a good route runner, a savvy football player. I think he wins at the catch point and uh, look to be an exciting uh, player there. Last couple thoughts here, guys, and then we'll, we'll kick it back to Chandler and Blaine. But um, Kenny Moore, I want to talk about him. Mm-hmm. I did watch that in-season hard knocks. How could you not root for a guy like Kenny Moore? Uh, just an awesome human being. And it seems like that's, like, that's why I kind of like the Colts. That's why I like Frank Reich. No, he hasn't really proven it as far as like deep playoff runs or, or you know, Super Bowls or whatever it is. His whole career, he was a backup quarterback too, but like he's just a great guy and he, he, he leads men the right way, like the way that Andy Reid does. So he's impossible not to root for, but it is fair that we're going to have to start seeing some postseason success for, for us to keep talking about uh, Frank Reich um, as a coach that highly uh, Matt Eberflus their defensive coordinator is now the head coach of the Chicago Bears new defensive coordinator is Gus Bradley he's been with Vegas the last couple of years Chargers before that so Chiefs have seen a lot of Gus Bradley Chiefs have had a lot of success against Gus Bradley um, defenses too and so uh, the last thing I'll say about Indianapolis I teased this before we we started talking guys um, 
Let's see if you agree with this. I feel like Indianapolis is like the BYU of the NFL. Like Mm -hmm. they're all just like huge, big, like, you know, they, they, they bust their ass for their team, their fans, maybe it's the colors, but they, they just seem like big, what the frick guys, like they're not going (laughs) to cuss like that. Like, you know, like, Oh, I, I just have my third candy bar. Mother better not hear about this. They seem like kind of (laughs) goofy and stuff like that. And that's not like a knock on them, but like, it almost seems like the thing missing from the Colts every year is that like dog, like hood rat shit that you kind of need in the NFL. Like, like the Baltimore Ravens defense when they were just knocking people's block off, like Tyreek Hill on the chiefs, giving the peace sign, like just some hood shit that they just don't have because they're the BYU of the NFL. Go ahead. I agree with that wholeheartedly. And I think the Chiefs lack that themselves on the defensive side of the football. Um, I think when our defense gets tired, they get really soft. Um, and that's an observation over the, even in the Mahomes era. Um, minus the Super Bowl year, I think our defense can be tremendously soft at times. Um, at Blaine? I, I want to go like a guy you can need to look out for. If you're talking about hood rat shit on the defense, yes, we all talk about Darius Leonard. But uh, Bobby Okurike is a freaking beast waiting to get unleashed at, at linebacker for Indianapolis. That makes them so much better. And, I, and when I look at, like, defense, yes, you know you got Darius Leonard, but Bobby Okurike is, like, that good. And you know you got Jonathan Taylor, but Michael Pittman has to be that good for the Colts to win this division. And I think they really can be. So hopefully they do have a little bit of that in them. But, like, yeah. it, it was funny you said that because we were talking earlier before we got on, Kahir Willis – retired to go chase the gospel i guess yeah <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> and i love the byu comparison sky's the limit for indy this season um i think that they can accomplish a lot but they got to prove it like we've been saying we'll move on to jacksonville and duval county if that's what they call it i believe first year head coach doug marone second year with trevor lawrence i think when you look at the Jacksonville Jaguars, you just have got to completely and utterly throw out last season. An absolute train wreck, turmoil. Head coach was a nimrod, putting it nicely. Um, Doug Marone, a guy that's been in the NFL for, I don't know how long, but for a while, been a head coach in the NFL before. I think it's a great fit in terms of what Trevor Lawrence needs to learn the league. Pardon me, Johnny corrected me. Well said, Doug Peterson. Um, don't know where I got Marone from. It was stupid. But I think that's exactly what Trevor Lawrence needs. Um, because, I, I mean, you, you just cannot possibly determine what Trevor Lawrence's career is going to be off of last season. I think this is more or less his rookie year again. Um, and I think he's going to have a, you know, I think he's going to take a, you know, maybe not a giant step, but a couple baby steps. Get this team going in the right direction love their draft um a guy and that you know they had the first pick in the draft and a lot of people have been talking uh kind of kind of talking shit on Trevon Walker but you really can't go wrong with the Georgia defensive end in my opinion um they go Devin Lloyd from Utah um who Blaine absolutely loves and and I love too I think he's going to be a great player um and then they go on the offensive line to protect uh to protect Trevor Lawrence who went Luke Fordner um I believe he was from Kentucky um, I presumably on the other side of the offensive line from the guy the Chiefs drafted. So keep your eye on that. They signed guard Brandon Sheriff from he went to Iowa, but he was from he was on the Commanders last season. 
a nice veteran presence on the offensive line. Um, so I think that they really realize that they need to protect Trevor, obviously better than they did last year. I think they took the right steps. Those two steps right there I really, really like. I completely forgot about this when I was doing my research. First season really for Travis Etienne um, back this year after I believe he tore his ACL. Paired with James Robinson, they get this offensive line shirt up, and that's going to take a ton of pressure off of Trevor Lawrence. Obviously played with uh, Etienne at Clemson. They obviously know each other pretty well. James Robinson, fantasy steal last year. Shout out Illinois State. Shout out to the Valley. Um, you know, I think that's a really good tandem uh, in terms of running backs. I want to mention the tight end room because I think that's a very critical position for a young, young quarterback. He's got some decent tight ends around him. Dan Arnold came in last year. He had a little stint last year in Carolina, and they signed him. Um, he came over from the Cardinals, Carolina. And then I believe in the middle of the season, they signed him down in Jacksonville. Good tight end, shifty, bigger guy, good catch radius. I think that's a great target for Trevor Lawrence. And then they add in a guy, Evan Ingram, who can stay healthy, is a dynamic, athletic, pass-catching tight end. Not going to do anything for you in the run game, but you really don't need that when you have a guy more like Dan Arnold who can do it all. Um, Evan Ingram, keep your eye on him. This, I think, and you know, I think I like their weapons. They signed Christian Kirk to an ungodly deal. Um, I don't really want to get into that because I don't really understand why they signed him to that much money. I think he's a very good receiver, but to set the market with him makes little to no sense to me. Um, to pair along with Marvin Jones Jr., LaVisca Chanel Jr., and they brought over Laquan Treadwell, who's a really – he was a dynamic receiver for Ole Miss when he was in college. I think he provides them with a little bit of downfield threat. Same with Marvin Jones. I would say Christian Kirk and LaVisca are a little bit more underneath, intermediate route type of guys who I think pair really nicely. And then lastly, the thing I'll say, I know I'm not crazy. Love Josh Allen on the Jaguars, a great defensive end um, who actually – slapped around last year the other Josh Allen quarterback of the Buffalo Bills they bring over Kalevon Chayasan who is a that's a great name let me get you a quick spelling on that Johnny K apostrophe L-A-V-O-N Chayasan C-H-A-I-S-S-O-N another athletic edge rusher linebacker type of guy I really question their interior defensive line I don't think it's there yet um, but I think I mean, I think that this Jags roster, I think they're kind of like the Jets, a little worse, but their roster is moving in the right direction. They got Doug Peterson in. I think the sky, or excuse me, I think the trend is trending up for this Jacksonville team. And with that, Johnny, take it away. Well done, Chan. The only reason that you got confused with Doug Marone is he used to be their coach. So it's like, it's not even, that's, that's not even a big deal. It's just, yeah, Doug Peterson comes in after not coaching in the league last year, obviously won a Super Bowl with Philadelphia, former Chiefs offensive coordinator and member of the Andy Reid tree. So another guy that you like to root for. There's actually some hilarious videos of Doug Peterson, like some uh, locker room stuff. He's obsessed with like giving his players ice cream. So if you ever watch like the way he, the way he breaks down uh, like his, his film sessions with the whole team, it's like, okay, we got some ice cream out there for you guys. So you better get out there before it melts. This guy loves giving his players ice cream. I thought that was kind of a little quirky thing about him. Uh, moving on to the Jaguars team. This is a team who has drafted first overall two years in a row. Um, they have a proud owner, uh, Shad Khan, who 
is eager to make this team relevant. The Duval County thing is new. They've changed the uniforms a bunch of times. They play games over in uh, England like every single year. They're the team that people think like, you know, if there's ever a team over in, in London anytime soon, it'd be maybe it's the London Jaguars. No, like the, the NFL wants teams to succeed here before moving them. They'll expand and start a new team overseas before they before they move a team, I, I think. So Shad Khan is obviously uh, saying, let's go spend some money. I don't know if I love how they did it, though. They They started off free agency with everyone really still on the board by giving Christian Kirk four years, 72 million. That's a lot of money for Christian Kirk. I don't think he's ever had a thousand yard season. No, um, that, no that is, that was very bizarre to me. And it really had a trickle down effect league wide. Um, as far as the contracts were concerned, we're seeing wide receivers get way too much money. And uh, you guys know how big of a fan I am of Colin Cowherd. Colin Cowherd's thing is like, we're at a bubble. Like the, the wide receiver bubble is going to burst eventually. And like, you're going to have, you know, guys you're paying way too much money for and the market will eventually reset itself. So um, again, Chandler named all the other guys. I think they brought in like guys with NFL experience, but I don't think that they've brought in or have enough talent to really like be a dark horse to win this division. Are they going to win more games this year? Are they going to, yes. Are they going to pick first again next year? I really don't think they're going to do that, especially with Doug Peterson. And, um, to Chan's point, definitely this is year one for Trevor Lawrence. Last year was a total wash. What a disaster it was with Urban Meyer. And, you know, like him him uh, shoving his fingers in some girl's uh, pants uh, out in Ohio after, before or after one of the games wasn't even the worst thing that came out because of the season. He's a married man with children, and him cheating on his wife on camera was not even the worst thing, not even close to the worst thing that happened on that team last season. What a disaster. I like Trevor Lawrence. I think he's got the traits. Of course, he's a first-round pick, so if he can really get dialed in um, – they, they could have more success uh, than, than, than people think. What, one thing about Trevor Lawrence that is a little weird is, you guys remember like before the draft, they were talking to him when he was about to be drafted and he was like, football doesn't define me. I get he's very religious, but like he's all, he hasn't played a snap in the NFL. And he's like, no, football doesn't define me. Like I, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but basically like, you know, uh, there, there's other things that matter to me more than football. It's not what I want to hear from my franchise quarterback. Like, even if that's what you really mean just shut up, like, don't say that stuff. So I, I want to see Trevor Lawrence be that dog, like have more of a burrow moxie uh, than the Trevor Lawrence moxie that he's shown so far. So I think they could win. They're going to win more games this year. Um, but I, I still don't see them factoring into the playoffs. Certainly not in the AFC. Definitely not a playoff team. Agreed, 100%. But I started, when I'm thinking about the timeline of thinking about Jacksonville and how they finished last year and then how the free agency came around, and I don't want to beat a dead horse with Christian Kirk and Zay Jones, but after those two signings before the draft, I was like, what in the hell are they doing? Like, that's going to ruin Trevor Lawrence, maybe for a long time, if you can't get another free agency signing. And you're talking about, like you said, two guys – I mean, you're, you spend almost, what, $100 million on two guys who have never produced in the NFL. Uh-huh. And you're, you're kind of banking on Evan Ingram, who is injury-prone to produce in the NFL. Uh-huh. You know, like, I, I want to say that Trevor Lawrence is going to take a step forward, but I don't know what everyone else around him is going to be like. So how can I say that? And that's what 
troubles me and pains me to almost want to say that Davis Mills might be the best second-year quarterback in this division because I know he has Brandon Cooks who can run around every route in the tree and, and be there for him. So I just have a massive question to mark around this offense. I, I believe in Doug Peterson and his quarterback mindset and what he's been able to do with, you know, with what we saw with that Super Bowl run. But I'm really worried about Jacksonville's offense this year So if they don't get on. the running game together. Yeah, let me ask you a question. I understand right. that the receiving core, the contracts don't make sense, but they got decent receivers. I mean, they have a they I don't like a really – I mean, they're pretty good. They're, no, they're pretty good, and they can do their job, but they're just okay. I don't, I don't, I don't know. I, I really don't like it. I, I like that they did the offensive line a bit, a little bit better, um, Robinson, ETM, but I just there's, there's a Look, bad feeling with me and Trevor Lawrence here too. I, I'm just trying to make a case against Trevor Lawrence, and I, you know, I don't, I don't, I don't see it. So, well, let me ask you a question: who who has a better who's got a better receiving core, the Houston Texans or the Jacksonville Jaguars? Jacksonville Jaguars. And all of a sudden Chandler wins the argument. <laughs> no, you know, I, I'm just, <laughs> let me switch the subject. Devin Lloyd is going to be the defensive rookie. Of the <laughs> Defense End of rookie discussion. Of the year, you think really? End of discussion. Yes. I think he's, a f- I remember watching him at Utah and being like, I don't know. And then looking at mock drafts, I don't know how that guy didn't go earlier than he did. I get there's some freaks, but um, just wait. That's one of my bold takes of this year. If I could put money in Vegas on it, I'll take it. No, I actually do agree with you. I think it is crazy that he went uh, 27th overall. Uh, I was glad to see him go in the first round because he's definitely a first-round talent. Um, And I agree. It's weird that he slipped all the way down there. Um, A weirdly good defensive draft, though, in my opinion. A lot of cornerbacks, a lot of linebackers in the mix here. Probably why he fell a little bit. But, yeah, I think the sky – I think he honestly might be better than – he might have a better NFL career than Trevon Walker, who I actually like, um, get, given where each person was drafted. I mean, your defensive end, round one, pick one, you have a lot of pressure on you. I mean, quarterback, round one, pick one, has the most pressure. But in my opinion, I think the second most pressurized position in the draft, you're taking them that high, is a defensive end. That's a big, that's a big burden to carry going into your rookie season. And I, something fun about this division, too, now we're talking about linebackers. The amount of great linebackers in the, this division and the amount of great running backs in this division that come out of it, I mean, Derrick Henry's always a almost 2,000-yarder. Jonathan Taylor's always almost a 2,000-yarder. Cam Robinson's had some really good years in the mix. Like, how are they doing it with all these good linebackers? These are pretty good fronts. Yeah, but you know what I think what it is, Blaine, is that so far we've gone through Indy and we haven't gotten to the Titans. There's some pretty good offensive lines in this division too. So I think that has a lot to do with it. A linebacker is only as good is only as good as uh, as as free as he is. If he's got an offensive guard in his lap, I don't care how good Darius Leonard is. He's not beating. He's not beat. I know they're on the same team, but he's not beating Quentin Nelson one on one. That's yeah. That's what it is, Blaine or Johnny. I- there's not any good quarterbacks. Right. So it's like, I, I mean, okay, yeah. great. Like, yeah, you, your linebackers true. and running backs are great. If this was 2006, you'd have a lot of success. You, you don't have a dynamic quarterback. I think, yeah. you know, well, let's reference the AFC West. I think Derek Carr is better than all four of these quarterbacks. Yeah. Like, I, I think Derek yeah. – and, and, and he's the worst quarterback in the AFC West. So it doesn't – you know, yeah, there's 
there's some fun guys to watch, but you're going to ultimately be extremely limited. And we saw that, you know, we'll get to the Titans. We saw that with what Tannehill did in the playoffs. Yep. Yeah. So I think the uh, little quick little synopsis here of Jacksonville, I think that they are trending upward, um, but they are a couple of years off. They won't make the playoffs this year, um, but much improved. And as a Chiefs fan, we played them. Love that it's at Arrowhead. Don't want to mess around and lose to them like the Bills did last year. You know, I think this team's going to be capable of stealing games like that. Um, they, they say each week is a, is a tough out in the NFL, and I think Jacksonville is going to be a tougher out this year for sure. Keep your eye on that game, Chiefs fans. Let's move on to Houston, H-Town. Shout out Travis Scott. First-year head coach, Lovey Smith. Second-year uh, quarterback, like uh, Blaine alluded to, Davis Mills. Back-to-back teams with first-year coaches and second-year quarterbacks. Interesting little tidbit there. Um, Davis Mills, I think he is a little bit of a more safe option than Trevor Lawrence. I think he's a little bit more polished at this point in his career. Um, like Blaine alluded to, he has um, Brandon Cooks, who is a proven NFL veteran, wide receiver on his team. Um, but I, I just think Houston is just not there. Um, Johnny and I were talking about this. Chiefs fans, close your ears. Uh, skip this part, but they have Steven Nelson um, in their secondary. Ew. Um, causes a lot of pain and a lot of yelling um, during his time uh, as a chief. They drafted Derek Stingley Jr., who I think can be a beast. I don't love that he sat out last year um, for his final season at LSU. Something about that just rubs me the wrong way, but I get it. Um, they drafted Kenyon Green. They, they're, they're trying to shore up their offensive line. They had just hit, I think the problem with Houston guys is that they have a lot of positions, a lot of position rooms that have a guy, but you got to have more than, than just one guy. You know, I mean, I think that they trying, they're trying to shore up their offensive line. I don't think it's there yet. They drafted John Meshi the third, who is a, was a dynamic receiver at Bama. Normally can't go wrong with drafting a guy from Bama coming off a knee. Um, there's just a lot of question marks in Houston and um, say what you will about Lovey Smith, but his, during his time with the bears, they had some damn good defenses. So hopefully he maybe might be able to turn around Houston. I don't have high hopes. I think they are by far the worst team in this division. I think they are far worse than Jacksonville. Um, and that's even with, even with Davis Mills, um, in my opinion, Blaine, I say anything incorrectly. No, I, I don't think you said anything incorrectly there. I mean, I just – I really like the smarts that I feel like Davis – I mean, he's got the neck that's as long. It's got to hold up that head somehow. So Giraffe, if you will. <laughs> he's, he's, he's got some brains up there, and that's – I like him, but um, that's about all I kind of like about this team when you really look at it across the board. I, I don't have a ton to say about them. It's wait and wait and wait and see. I don't – you know, Lovey might pull out a few games um, just, just as they, if they want it throughout the year, but – yeah, they're pretty boring. I'm not turning yeah. them on. Yeah, I mean, they're they're really just meh. I mean, they yeah. – I, you know, Johnny kind of said it earlier. Could this be the number one draft pick team in next season's draft? Could they have the number one pick? I think they're in the running. If it's not them, they are in the running for sure. Johnny, take it away. I, I My note that I have here, guys, is um, – and my dogs are making some noise back there, but I, yeah, they're, they're not that talented, but this team, 
this team believes in Davis Mills. I'm yeah. serious. Like, it, and it's weird. Like, I, I don't really know why. No, I agree. You, know, you look back when they drafted him, I think he was a third round pick. And let's go back to college. This guy went to Stanford and was at one point the number one quarterback recruit in the class. They come in his high school uh, com- uh, comparison was this is the best quarterback coming out of high school since Andrew Luck. And then he goes to Stanford like Andrew Luck. And he, you know, kind of plays like Andrew Luck, they thought. And, it, you know, he wasn't Andrew Luck. I mean, Andrew Luck was an amazing player. And um, injuries aside, I think that guy was a Hall of Famer. Um, but a, that's a separate issue. Th- this team believes in Davis Mills. They took him in the third round of that draft. That was their first pick in that draft. I remember that. They had traded their first round picks. Um, I believe that was like the, when they had uh, – that was when with Laramie Tunsil. But um, they, their first pick was Davis Mills. And they knew he was going to be, you know, sitting behind Tyrod Taylor – and, and and they're adding pieces around Davis Mills to, I think, set him up for success. Like yeah. it, a team like this has really no business having a player like Brandon Cooks, but Brandon Cooks is still a really damn good player. They, they want him on the field with Davis Mills. I think Nico Collins is a pretty good player too. I, one of my guys that I'm high on in fantasy is, is Nico Collins just for, for draft capital's sake. They're running back. They brought in Marlon Mack. They still have Rex Burkhead, like not, you know, not guys that are like, like that crazy, but they've, they've put some offensive line pieces out there, experienced running backs, experienced players on, on the defensive side. And Steven Nelson's not good, but like, the, you know, they have these guys on the team that like are trying to set up an environment for someone like Davis Mills to have success. As much as the Texans are trying to set him up for success is as much as I think the Bears are not setting up Justin Fields for success. Like if, <laughs> if the Texans were to pick in the top five next year I legitimately believe that they would consider keeping Davis Mills I firmly believe that the Bears if they are picking in the top three to five next year are going to be taking finding a way to get out of Justin Fields so you know separate issue but the Texans like Davis Mills and um, I I think he's going to maybe do a few good things but ultimately this team is going to lose a lot of games last couple things I'll say um, is that you know Derek Stingley Jr. I think was a, a the first surprise pick, good player. Freshman year was uh, what people said was the best quarterback that we've seen since Jalen Ramsey. And over the next two years only played uh, 10 games. So if you can get freshman year, Derek Stingley, you've gotten the, the steal of the draft, if you will, at the third pick. Um, he'll be compared with Sauce Gardner his entire career because people thought Sauce would go before him. But Stingley ultimately went. Uh, just like Trevon Walker and Aiden Hutchinson will be compared their whole career. So um, a lot to, a lot to speculate with on the Texans side. Um, but ultimately I'm with you guys. I think they're going to, they're going to lose a lot of games. Two more additions that I just saw on their roster that I missed today. Royce Freeman, decent running back to go decent. along um, with Marlon Mack and shout out Chiefs kingdom. Chris Conley makes his way to Houston. Yep. A decent, big-bodied receiver, runs good routes, de- pretty above-average hands, I'd say. So I think you're right, Johnny. I really actually think that they are doing things to get Davis Mills more comfortable behind this offense. Blaine? Yeah, and, uh, like, he's protected on that left side, too. I mean, his blind side, you got Tunsil, who is notorious in the NFL, and then you get the first-round draft pick, like you talked about, Keanu Green, and then Justin Brett, shout-out to uh, Missouri Tigers in the middle. Like, those are three guys that are good offensive linemen in the NFL. So, yeah, 
You make it. I like Johnny. Thanks for backing me up a little bit because I kind of felt crazy while I was talking about Jacksonville that Davis Mills could have a better year than Trevor Lawrence. But ah, uh, Houston. I, yeah, yeah. Give me a little bit. Give me a little bit onion. <laughs> I yeah, I, I agree. I agree. Johnny actually kind of swayed me a little bit. Sorry, Johnny. Go ahead. No, you're good. And Titus, they exercised their fifth year option, I believe, on Titus Howard, who's a right tackle. He, you know, he's had kind of an underwhelming career, a guy from a, a small school, but Titus Howard was a first round pick as well. I mean, so your 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 left and right tackle are first round picks. I think Laramie Tunsil was a first round pick. And then yeah, you've got a, an interior that can hang. And so in a weaker division, yeah, I don't think the Texans are gonna like get to the playoffs, but for some reason, I'm a little more keen to think they'll have success um, over the Jaguars, but we'll see. Um, we're going to do our poof at the end of the show. Well, you know what? We'll save it. We'll save the poofs. I don't even want to bring that up. Great, great uh, job here going over the Texans. Um, trending in the right direction, I guess I'm actually going to say. Um, Johnny honestly sold me. I was going to say trending down. Um, but they are sl- a slight uptick in the right direction. Slight. Let's move to the final and fourth team of the AFC South, Tennessee Titans, who I would say all three of us will say they're the best team in this division. Um, I really only have two things written down about them. Um, the first one is Derrick Henry. Um, I don't care what you have on your team. If Derrick Henry is on your team, you have a chance to win the football game. I mean, God, he, he's so good. He's so good and so big. It doesn't make any sense. Um, they want to run the football. They lost AJ Brown to Philly. I don't think that really, I, I really don't think they really, I don't think they really cared about it. I think they liked AJ Brown. I think they wanted him on the team, but they just didn't want to pay him. It's kind of like the Tyreek situation. It was like, I mean, what we're not going to, we, we can't pay you Christian Kirker better. So we'll just trade you. And they got the capital back from Philly. Um, and I think the, the, the second thing that I have written down is, is, is Ryan Tannehill question mark. It's just solely on him. Um, if you have the ability to hand the ball to Derrick Henry, there are no excuses. There just isn't an excuse under the sun that you have as a quarterback. The Bengals game was an absolute travesty in the playoffs. Um, I think there was even an article that made it came out like a couple, a couple weeks, maybe a month or two after that loss. And like, it really affected uh, him mentally. Don't want to get into all that, but the games like that can really derail somebody or it can really uplift them. I'm very curious to see what kind of Ryan Tannehill we get. Do we get an improved, more polished Ryan Tannehill? I mean, in my opinion, honestly, I think he is better than Carson Wentz, but both quarterbacks are prone to idiocracy. Um, Ryan Tannehill can be a big idiot out there on the field. Um, And not like I'm calling him the guy an idiot, just he makes dumb bonehead decisions that cost this team – this, the whole entire Derrick Henry career, it's cost this team huge opportunities to make runs in the playoffs. I mean, hell, as Chiefs fans, what were they up? 20, 24-3, 24-10, whatever it was, 24-0 maybe even at one point, and lost that game handedly to the Chiefs. Um, and, and it ultimately just falls back on the Titans. They have a great offensive line. Their defense is good. 
Um, you know, it, Mike Vrabel is not going to have a poorly coached defensive team. Love Mike Vrabel, by the way. Unbelievable head coach. I want to play for that guy. Um, anytime that your head coach straps up and goes against you in practice, you're going to want to play for that guy. So sky is the limit for the Titans, much like the Colts, the way we started this podcast tonight. The Titans' limit is, I think, or not limit, I think that their capabilities are AFC championship game or higher. Now that is on the upper echelon of their ability. I'm not saying they're going to get there, but they have the roster and the team to do it. Um, who is it, Johnny? I think it's – or is it Blaine's turn? Johnny's turn. Johnny, take the Titans away, buddy. Um, this will be my biggest flag plant so far, and I think of the podcast Divisional Breakdown Series. I think you said it well, Chandler. I like Mike Vrabel. Uh, the Titans like Mike Vrabel. They like their GM, John Robinson, as well. Both of those guys got extensions this offseason in their contracts. My flag plan is that the Titans are not going to make the playoffs this year. I think they're. I think that they are going to have biggest regression in the AFC. Yeah, I know it's a big one. Big reaction from you guys. Um, my my case will be that this is completely around Ryan Tannehill. Um, that playoff loss was devastating. He had uh, three interceptions. Um, and keep in mind, they lost the game nineteen to sixteen. They had a bye. They were at home. Derrick Henry had just come back actually to play that game. He had a Jones fracture in his foot. First time we've really seen a chink in the armor of Derrick Henry. I was for his whole career. I'm like, man, this guy just gets right back up after getting hit every single time. But he came back for that game. And he's probably limited some, but you'd think you could get enough from Tannehill to, to get you over the edge there to score more than 19 points at home in the playoffs. But ultimately it didn't happen. And it's not like Burrow had a big game. Anyway, I wrote it down. He had, Burrow had 348 yards, no touchdowns, one pick in that game. He didn't do anything. And so my flag plan is that the Titans are not going to make the playoffs. I think Ryan Tannehill really struggled with this game all offseason. And, I, I, and he said that. He, he, they interviewed him. He said he struggled with it, said he sought out therapy, which I'm not poo-pooing the therapy. I go to therapy once a week, but, like, it's obviously weighing on Ryan Tannehill. He's aware that everyone knows that he's making $29 million this year. He's aware that the Titans have an out with an $18.8 million dead cap hit after this year. He's aware that the Titans spent a round three pick on Malik Willis out of Liberty. Like there are a lot of factors here that are going into play for Ryan Tannehill to have a huge, huge step back here. And I think that this is it. I, I think lo losing AJ Brown is a lot. I think because because if their whole offense, guys, right, was play action, and then you have A.J. Brown running free over the middle, and Tannehill just throws to a wide-open A.J. Brown, who is super dynamic with the ball in his hands. I do not think Traylon Burks is going to give you what A.J. Brown gave you last no. year. Maybe, maybe Traylon Burks can give you some good stuff, but, like, at the top end, what does he give you? Half, 50 60% of what you got from, from A.J. Brown? I, I don't think that's good enough. And yes, you have Robert Woods coming in. You got him for a sixth round pick. I like Robert Woods. He's coming off of season ending surgery and he's an older player. Uh, I just, guys, I think there is all the signs and with how strong the AFC is pointing to the Titans at the end of the year, fighting, clawing tooth and nail for that seventh and final playoff spot. 
And like we just talked about, maybe the Jags or the or the uh, the Texans can sneak a game away from them. Like like picture this, guys. Realistically, I'm not no in no order here. There's seven playoff spots in the AFC. I'm just going to start naming teams. Okay, Chiefs, Chargers, Broncos, and Raiders are all going to be vying for those spots. Okay, Baltimore, Cincinnati, Buffalo, Indianapolis. Tennessee I've rattled off nine teams like there is a realistic chance that the Titans aren't going to make the playoffs and I'm digging my heels in and I'm telling you right now they're not going to make it go ahead guys bravo I love it real quick before you go Blaine real quick before you go let me just say one thing I've honestly truly forgot about the Malik Willis thing and to go off how it affected him Tannehill came out after they drafted him and said it's not really his job (laughs) to coach or, or or help him which rattled rattled yeah first off you're rattled second off like you said about the they, he knows everything you just mentioned he 100% knows about what the titans know about him blame if you lose on Traylon Burks in this draft pick you are fucked as an organization excuse my language figured out pod listeners but that's how strongly i want to think about this receiving core of aj Br- you can't give away A.J. Brown with how you saw that happen and fold out. You can't do that. And you got Robert Woods coming off an injury. Those are your two strong pieces in your offense. I get you got Derrick Henry. But, I mean, in training camp, Traylon Burch had to leave three or four times because he was out of shape. I was looking at high school pictures of this guy when he signed at Arkansas. He's like 240. He's going to struggle to continue to be the build that he is in a, in a for sure X receiver in the NFL, which I think he's going to be able to do it, but – if you miss on him, that is just massive, massive, massive. More than I think a lot of draft picks there are at the wide receiver position across any team in the NFL. But their defense is really good, guys. Like, mm-hmm. they are really they're, – they're mean. They come downhill. Vrabel, that's Tennessee. Um, yeah. They play those 19, 16 games there. They Ryan couldn't throw three picks, and he should have beat Cincinnati. I mean, Cincinnati should have I mean, ten times out of ten lost that game. One, uh, one guy, obviously, I, I don't know if you guys know off the top, or I think he's going to become a very, very household name this year is Harold Landry, uh, the third, a linebacker. I mean, that guy is a freak. Cunningham, Dupree, Hooker, Byard, like uh, there's just something that with the lack of offense in this division, that's for sure fired outside of Jonathan Taylor. I think the Tennessee defense can rally them to enough wins to where they're going to be right there battling in one game. Maybe they won't make it Johnny, but they're going to be right there. In my opinion. I think that's one of the biggest issues um, in terms of playoffs, because I mean, we're high on Indy. Uh, we're, you know, some of us, two of us are higher on Tennessee, but what does Indy win this division with as in terms of their record? I mean, I don't think that, the, you know, a 10 and six, 10 and seven record, I think, or excuse me, 10 and seven. No. Yeah. 10 and seven record can win this division. And I think Tennessee is good enough to be 10 and seven. So I like, I really like what Johnny said. I really like what Blaine said. I think this Titans team is in an interesting spot, Johnny. Titans have a bye week six. Okay. The whole fan base is pissed off all offseason at one person, Ryan Tannehill. Ryan Tannehill had the same kind of reaction from the fan base in Miami. 
he reminds me of just a guy, like a guy who, when the going gets tough, he gets tight. Like, I just think that Ryan Tannehill is, he knows that all this buzz is going on. All right. And so maybe he comes into this season, like all gung ho, I'm going to prove myself. Who cares that there's an out after this year in my contract and they can save some money. Who cares that they drafted some guy. I'm just going to go after they have a bye week six and here's, here's their first five games. It's home versus the Giants. It's a winnable game. At Buffalo, that's mm. tough. Home versus Vegas, that's tough. At Indianapolis, that's tough. At Washington Commanders, okay. You know, Blaine likes them. Blaine likes them, tough. but that's tough. But, the, the, I mean, with Chase Young and Montez Sweat and others with their ears pinned back coming after you, so they, let's say they go into the bye week, week six, two and three. The fans are going to be going nuts in Tennessee, and they're going to be calling for Malik Willis to come play. And you know what kind of quarterback goes well with a dynamic runner like Derrick Henry? Malik Willis just hit the open throws and play action, hand it off to Henry, and sometimes they do this with Tannehill. We're going to give you designed runs too. You know who had the most missed, like missed tackles in – out of quarterbacks last year in college football, Rick and Malik Willis. He's a runner of the football. So guys, I just, I see where you guys are coming from. I understand it's, they were the one seed last year. There's a lot of talent on this team. I just think if there's any team in the AFC as a candidate for major regression, it's Tennessee and it starts with Tannehill. Johnny, keep going, keep going. After week six, after that bye, Indy, then you get Houston, okay. But then KC, Denver, Green Bay, Cincy, Philly. All tough. Are you All kidding tough. me? And especially if Tannehill's puckered up. Yeah. Ah, yeah. They got to play He's... the Cowboys later in the year, the Chargers. Act the Chargers. I mean, this dude, guys, this team could win like seven games. Yeah. Yeah, Think about very, it. it's a very good point. I absolutely love it. Um so we're a little indifferent here on the Tennessee Titans to finish up this pod. I absolutely love it. Let's move to the final segment of the football show. The poof, the predicted order of finish from each of us. You know what? I'm the host. I'm going to start today. Haven't started yet. I am going to start us off today. And I am going to go Titans, Colts, Jaguars, Texans. Blaine? Uh, I had it written down and I flipped the page and I'm looking at a blank sheet and I'm writing a new one. <laughs> and I think I'm going with the same one that I wrote down already. Okay. Tennessee, Indianapolis, just because I'm not a Frank Wright guy anymore because <laughs> he's, he's totally screwed up Carson Wentz. And that was, that was just a joke of a year to finish. Uh, Jacksonville, Houston. I'll stick Chandler. Did you guys have the same one? What was that? Yeah, no, we had Stuck the same one. So, Johnny, I pretty much know yours is the Colts to start it off. <laughs> Colts, Titans, Texans. Oh, yeah, Jags. I, I, Jags. I, I, I like that a lot. I, I like that a lot. I'm not sure why yeah. I'm going to do that. Johnny goes ultra contrarian here to yeah. finish off the pod. That's what we do it on here. And so we figure it out week in and week out. Boys, <laughs> closing remarks. Last thoughts? Any of these teams? Anybody? No. Chiefs training camp three weeks away. LFG. Come on. <laughs> We're so Come close. On. 
Chiefs training camp three show. weeks away, one week away from the AFC North division preview. We will do the North next week. Cleveland, Cincinnati, Baltimore, and Pittsburgh. That'll be a very good episode, I think. Chandler, are you telling me we get AFC West one week before training camp? Yeah, and I think that couldn't set up more perfectly for us as a podcast. Um, Boys, another great pod. Um, No more closing remarks, so we'll wrap it up. We'll talk to you boys next week, okay? See See ya.